We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. fans welcome to another edition of the unplugged podcast uh, for those of you who are new to the podcast i'm megan gower um, and this is the lo-fi edition of the monday podcast with john whittle i'm here today with another one of our her hoop stats team members natalie heaven hi natalie hi how are you doing doing pretty well so natalie's actually been in dc at the first two games of the wnba finals so Pretty exciting there. What has the environment been like there for the first two games? So both games actually happened at the same time as Washington Nationals games. One was the last game of the regular season and one was a playoff game. But despite that, both were sold out. Um, It was pretty full down in the lower area, um, a little less full up at the top. Uh, But one thing that's kind of interesting about how Washington sells their playoff tickets is uh, you can only buy them if you're in the D.C., Maryland, or Virginia area. Um, so it was still really impressive that despite having two baseball games going on, they were still filling up the arena. Definitely, yeah. And yeah, I saw that thing about how they were only offering tickets to the DMV residents, which I thought was definitely interesting. I'm sure there's some Sun fans that were trying to travel that were probably less than pleased about that. But um, yeah, definitely an interesting setup, but good to hear that it's been full and loud, despite the fact that there's been baseball games at the same time. Um, And I did say today that Mohegan Sun is officially sold out for game three, and I'll be there live on Sunday. So pretty excited about that. Should be a great environment. Right before we started recording, I actually got a text from my mom saying, guess who is going to the sold out Sun finals on Sunday? So... That's awesome. Are you both your parents going? One of her coworkers is a season ticket holder, so uh, she's been to two games, um, and so this will be her third this season. So very proud. (laughs) Yes, 
always fun to hear. Yeah, I tried to get my parents to buy tickets. I don't know if they did, so I don't know if they're going to get to go now, but we shall see. <laughs> um, but yeah, definitely excited to hear that Mohegan sold out. Should be a great environment for game three. I think you've got two Sun fans on the podcast today, so I think we're excited to hear that there's going to be a good home environment mm-hmm. heading into um, their home games. So yeah, I wanted to talk some about the first two games, kind of two very different games. You had game one where you know the Mystics kind of had a lot of things uh-huh. going for them and they came out with the win. And then game two, the Sun took it um, and a lot went right for the Sun, maybe not so much for the Mystics. Uh, so any initial thoughts on those two games that you wanted to bring up? So a lot of what I saw went wrong first tended to go right in the second game. Um, something that both... Uh, Coach and Courtney Williams mentioned were uh, was that they had to stop rolling, um, and it was clear that on their defensive assignments, once they started over helping and jumping off of them and leaving somebody open, the Mystics were able to capitalize on it. Um, thankfully, in Game Two, they were able to do that a lot less. Um, and then a lot of what was said after the first game, where um, they a lot of their issues stemmed from having to play from behind. Um, Shakina Strickland and Bria Holmes both mentioned uh, after the game on Tuesday night that being able to play from ahead really helped them um, and made it possible for them to to kind of do what they did in game two. Yeah, definitely. I would agree with that. I think so much of what went wrong for Connecticut on the in the first game really just stemmed from that first quarter. At the end of the first quarter, you know, they had a few possessions like back to back with turnovers. The Mystics went on a, a little bit of a run, mm-hmm. came out of the first quarter down ten, and I feel like they were able to like recoup from that a few times and get it within you know four or five, but they just could never fully come back from that like one. Um, really rough stretch kind of at the end of the first quarter. Um, and then, yeah, obviously it was the opposite on um, this Tuesday's game. Like, they came out ahead after the end of the first quarter, um, and the Mystics were really never able to catch up. Of course, a lot of that obviously might have had to do with the fact that they were without Elena Del Don. But, um, yeah, definitely uh, kind of two very different stories for those games. And that... Um... And that Della Don injury was kind of weird. Um, a lot of people on press row, they just saw her leave and then not return. And then it was like, well, she wasn't limping. Like, they, like we couldn't figure out what it was until they announced it. And then up until they announced it, we were like, well, it has to be pretty serious because she's coming back yet. Um, so that it was just weird to kind of have somebody, like the, the regular season MVP, just walk off the court and have no idea what was going on almost until halftime yeah definitely I was watching the game on my phone on like the train home and I was like so I have a separate work phone and I'm like on my work phone on Twitter like and everyone's like where's Elena what's going on nothing's like really being said on the broadcast eventually Holly Rowe said something about it being something with her back but it was like a while before anyone really knew what was going on um it was kind of crazy (laughs) that there was just like this like I feel like 10 minute period where everyone was just like I don't know it's hard to focus on the game because you're just like where's Selena what is going on and why is she not on the floor um I did see that there were some quotes from um Kurt Miller and Jasmine Thomas today kind of talking about her injury and how that they hope that she'll come back Mm -hmm. for the game on Sunday obviously you you know you want to win or play the team at full house so um thought both their statements were very classy um 
and obviously what they want as well. Yeah, and I think um, probably not something that they're considering, but I think um, it would definitely taint their championship if they were to win it. And Elena Deladon only played, what, three and a half minutes in the, their three wins yeah. if she were to not come back. Yeah, agreed. I think it does. You don't want it to, but it, yeah, it's definitely like a a downer. And it would be a downer just as like a fan perspective to have to watch like two back to back WNBA final series where Elena Deladon, one of the best players, if not the best player in the world, is not at full health. Mm-hmm. And like, it would, yeah, it would just be really unfortunate. Obviously, the games are the best when you have all of the best players on the court. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So we shall see. Hopefully, she's getting treatment now that kind of benefits the Mystics in that there is five full days between the game that was on Tuesday and the Sunday's game, which is a little bit of a scheduling oddity, but hopefully will work in their favor and that she'll be healthy enough to mm-hmm. play on Sunday. And if not Sunday, hopefully by Tuesday, um, an extra two games on that. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. I think in the release that came out about it today, it said they'll provide an update either Saturday or Sunday about her status. So keep an eye out for that. Um, But yeah, so we've got game three coming up in Connecticut. I think one of my things that I'm most excited to see is John Cole Jones and how she comes off of comes off of Mm -hmm. that huge performance on Tuesday. Um, insane we can talk about that some more I mean it was I think 32 points 18 rebounds um just yeah three blocks just an insane performance he was 54 percent from the floor just I don't don't even know if I have the words it was just incredible um she was absolutely insane on the offensive glass had nine offensive rebounds Mm -hmm. which um gave the sun a lot of second chance points um so definitely a big one for them, of course. Some of that was she was really able to have her way without mm-hmm. Olita Deldon on the floor. There's really, I feel like no one could guard her. Um, they didn't. The Mystics really just didn't have a solution for what to do with her on um, Tuesday other than trying to get her in foul trouble on the other end of the floor, which they did do a decent job of and were able to come back some in the uh, third quarter when Jungle Jones had to be on the bench because she had picked up that fifth foul but uh, or fourth foul I guess but well I don't know if she came out after the fifth but it definitely we it, it there were still several minutes left in the game and it was like well what happens if she picks up her sixth mm-hmm. yeah definitely it was kind of like a I was texting one of my friends and we were like all right do you leave her in do you pull her out what should you do and I was like I feel like you gotta leave her in because if you like take her out and you like lose with the idea of oh should we like should we give her like time so that she has less of a chance of risking that foul it was like the Sun are just a different team with her on the floor and I was like I think we saw it when they took her out in the um, the quarter, like the Mystics were able to go on a run, and I was like, you don't want to give them that opportunity in the fourth. You just got to trust that she's going to play smart, which she did. Um, uh-huh. Never picked up that sixth foul, and the Sun were able to close it out. So, yeah, Jungle Jones was just incredible for the Sun on Tuesday, one of the things that definitely went right for them in game two. But um, do you want to talk some about what the Mystics did right in game one that got them that win and what they should be looking to do on uh, Sunday to try to pick up a road win in game three? 
I think just if they can make their shots, um, especially their threes, they made 10 in game one and inside the arena, it felt like they had made a hundred. Um, and then because they shot so well and shot so well from three, uh, the sun had shot over 60% in the first half and were still, and had forced nine turnovers and were still down nine at the half. Um, so if they're able to make their shots, um, the sun may not be able to keep up because it's just really hard to to shoot 60% and still be down um, almost double digits at halftime. Yeah, definitely. I would agree with that, Um, especially when the Mystics offense just has been so good all season long. And when they're shooting well from three and well from the rest of the floor, it's really, really difficult to beat them. I I think they finished game one shooting 54% from the floor and 47% or almost 48% from three, which is just if they can continue to shoot like that in another game, it's just going to be so hard for the Sun to be able to beat them on that. Um, and I know we're, we know they're certainly capable of that, mm-hmm. right? We've seen them do it all season long, and they've got the best offensive rating in the league by far. So um, easily can come out and shoot like crazy <laughs> like they did in game one. Um, so I think that'll be a big key for them as well. Um, I think another thing that they did well in game one was I thought that their defense – um, was a little bit better in game one. I think, I mean, part of that obviously was having Elena Deltana for someone that could kind of, you know, contain John Cole Jones. Um, but I think that's another thing they need to work on in game two. If you don't have Elena, who can, who can do the best job of containing John Cole Jones? How do you maybe have doubled her some and try to, um, slow down her production, especially when, um, there's people from the Sun's bench on the floor. There's probably some people that you can know not help on as much to help on guarding JJ um I think that's another big thing that's that's a dangerous prospect though because um, at least if the starting five is on the floor and most of their bench as well everyone can shoot Um, but uh after the game um Tiana Hawkins pointed out that they just have to keep her off the boards um and then Emma Mieseman was said what you were talking about, about having to try to stop her as a team um, and just being aggressive and physical. So I think similar to how there's not really an answer for Elena Deladon, um, without Deladon, uh, the Mystics may not be able to try, be able to find an answer for John Quilton. Very true. But yeah, the boards thing is important, I think, right? So in the game one, the Mystics actually had the advantage on the boards just by one rebound, but still had the advantage where I think yeah, on Tuesday, the Sun had 41 rebounds to the Mystics, 27. So definitely a problem there. Um, So yeah. I'm surprised it got up to 27. Um, I mean, I guess it was 13 in the first half and... 14 in the second half, but it felt like they would go quite a while before yeah, getting a rebound. No, I remember from watching that as well, it did feel like it was just like they couldn't get the, a rebound to save themselves, whereas in game one, they were pretty even with the sun, so that's going to be an important thing to look for um, in game three is how do they, if especially if Elena Del Dada is still out, how do they come up with more rebounds than they did in game one? 
or in game two, I mean. And then I think stopping, we talked about, but just generally stopping um, the sun on the offensive glass is going to be important because they had nine offensive rebounds in the first game. And then in game two, uh, they had 17, nine of which were from JJ. So, and then Alyssa Thomas had another six. Yeah, so exactly. Really trying to box out and make sure that they have people underneath as well and aren't allowing all those second chance points. On I don't know what the total count of second chance points was for game two, but I would guess that it was probably equal to more than the score differential. So it was probably the biggest um, kind of uh, thing that pulled apart the Mystics game on Tuesday. Another thing I think that has gotten well for the Mystics so far in actually both games is just their bench production has been great. I mean, with the Lady Del Down out, Emma Misaman put up 23 points in the second game. Not that that's shocking, being we saw what Misaman could do in the Aces series. She's kind of, I feel like, was like the MVP of the Aces series, really was able um, to be the one that put the Aces behind them. But I think also on Tuesday, Tiana Hawkins played a lot more minutes and really stepped up for the mystics as well i mean she was six of eight from the floor and three of four from three-point range and the same thing in game one the mystics bench production was really good again 11 points from misaman um ariel powers just had three points but she had some good defensive plays um so they've been able to get a lot of their out of their bench work Connecticut, i don't feel like we can really see the same thing uh brianna jones had a or, sorry Bri- holmes had a pretty good game on um Tuesday she had nine points but um we haven't seen a ton of depth from the Connecticut Sun bench so far would you agree with that yeah um I think yes like Alyssa Thomas has played all 80 minutes for them um so they just really haven't gone into their bench um as much as I think they could um from some of the games that I was at over the summer, they definitely did play their bench more. Um, I have no idea how Alyssa Thomas is still standing and shooting um, and playing full basketball games, considering she played almost the entirety of their, the series against the Sparks as well. Um, But I think as long as they're, they probably should be able to get some more production out of their bench. um, Who's very, very little um, in Definitely game one. They got a little bit more up just because of um, Bria Holmes. Um, but in game two, but they um, in this series, they've just more or less been relying on their starters. Yeah. Which definitely. worked one game and didn't work the other. <laughs> yeah, I definitely agree with that. Also, Thomas is like a superhuman, I swear. Like, the girl's got two torn labrums and she's still playing 40 minutes of basketball per game and putting up insane numbers um she had 21 points and 12 rebounds and then six assists on top of that on tuesday so just like you would never guess that she like is in her her stat line on from game one was almost more impressive with 20 points five steals six assists and six rebounds yeah it's just incredible. She's like a machine. It's insane. Um, so, yeah. 
Um, and then, like, her stat line doesn't even capture, like, I feel like her importance on the defensive end with the five steals on Mon- in game one does, but I feel like it still doesn't, like, totally show her whole picture. Um, so, yeah, she's just incredible. But agreed that, you know, there's a lot of depth on the Connecticut Sun bench that we've seen throughout the season that we, ha- we haven't really seen too much in the playoffs yet. So I'll be interested to see if kind of in game three, maybe being back in a home environment, someone can step up and do a little bit more with the minutes that they get. I mean, it just may have been because if JJ, Courtney, and Alyssa were all hot like they are um, game two, you don't really want to take them out. Um, so, <laughs> and then. Um, with Jasmine Thomas, uh, Rachel Bantam was able to get in the game um, on Tuesday, but she didn't even get into game one. Um, so I think it's just when three of their five starters are hot, they don't want to sub them out for extended periods of time. Yeah, which definitely makes sense. Agreed. And yeah, speaking of Courtney Williams, I feel like it's something we definitely have to talk about. She's just been insane not just in this series but in the first semifinal series as well I feel like playoff Courtney Williams is just a whole nother level yeah and then I don't know if it um if they showed it on the broadcast but she literally like put her finger to her lips twice to silence uh the crowd once it was after they had been chanting defense um and then the other was just, I think, as a follow-up to that. Uh, but I was, it was, I was like, you, she shot that, and she, there was no way she thought it was not going in. Um, but and then, from where I was sitting, I could look directly over at her dad, um, who was having the time of his life uh, at yeah, both games. Her dad is like a social media star. I love him. He's hysterical. <laughs> Um, no, he's just been great. He's always dancing. I feel like they've showed him quite a bit, I feel like, on TV as well, and he's, like, never not looking like he's having fun. <laughs> well, he he was dancing almost the entire pregame as well. Like, that's obviously not shown on television, but, like, from when I got there, at least for game two, he was <laughs> just great. dancing the entire time. It's always good to see someone that's having that much fun. Yeah, I'm excited to watch him at, like, game three. <laughs> like, added entertainment in addition to the game is Courtney Williams' dad. <laughs> but, yeah, her lo- Go ahead. <laughs> but I think... Well, specifically her three-point shooting. Um, she was six of nine um, in game one, and when I talked to her after the game, she didn't even realize that she had been shooting that well. Um, because, obviously, by the time they're getting interviews, they haven't seen a box score um they don't see a box score until they go over to the the press conference um and then she was three of five uh on Tuesday so I think if she can keep shooting um as well as she has overall and then also from three that'll be a big help um because Strickland hasn't been shooting as well um as she has at other points during the season. Um, she's two of uh, two of eight um, in the series so far. Um, but as I'm sure you've seen throughout the season, she can get hot in like half a second's notice. Um, so that's always something to be aware of. Yeah, definitely. Um, 
Yeah, Courtney Williams has been great from beyond three, not just in these two games, but the playoff series as a whole. She's shooting 50% from three in the playoffs. So. She's about 45% in the season, so a little bit better than she was during the season. Um, but she's also just been hot in all of these games. She's been scoring. I think she had over 20 points in both of the finals games so far. She's averaging 21 in the playoffs compared to like 13 during the season. So just been really helping the sun on offense but then also her like rebounding is insane too i'm always like amazed when she comes up with the ball from a rebound because she's so little but she like leaps like uh, basically her full height in the air i feel like <laughs> to come away with the board and then her jump shot is like she she'll jump and then like kind of flutter kick her legs a little bit to like stay in the air long enough to shoot it and it just amazes me to no end because like she can jump yeah. so high. No, it's insane. <laughs> From like nothing. I just I don't I don't understand the physics of it. Yeah, and then she just has the like best confidence too. <laughs> they had her mic'd up on the broadcast on um Tuesday, and it was just great. Like the quotes, which <laughs> granted, I like I love the my players mic'd up, but it like inevitably always results in some kind of profanity accidentally going on there but um she was just funny she was like she hit a three in like Tolliver's face and was like they gotta switch that up that girl can't guard me and I was just like you are hysterical <laughs> so yeah probably something you did not get to see from the arena but I'm sure you saw the highlights on Twitter afterwards. I know, like did go make sure I was checking out uh Twitter afterwards to try to find it because if I was not at the game, I would have most definitely been watching. Like, I would have just watched an entire feed of her mic up. If they did just that as an alternate stream, I would have been totally here for it. Agreed. I would have loved that. Like, when they do, sometimes in the like NCAA games, they do. Like, they'll have the broadcast on the normal channel and then they'll have like the I think they did it a couple times last year they did it with like Asia Wilson and Sue Bird for like UConn South Carolina and it was like the trash talk version on ESPN3 I'm like if they put Courtney Williams mic'd up on ESPN3 I would have been all over that oh I know what game you were talking about and I was yes and was so mad that I couldn't I could watch the game but I couldn't listen to Sue Bird and Asia Wilson trash talking yeah, <laughs> I think I watched that one afterwards. I was like rewatching the game and I was like, okay, we're definitely watching. I have to rewatch it. So we're going to watch the trash talk version for round two. Um, oh, yeah, I was in person at the game, actually. So I didn't watch the broadcast, but yeah, I watched that one afterwards. It was great. Hysterical. It's honestly, something ESPN I think should do more. It's just so fun to watch. So yeah, lots of exciting performances and things going on in games one and two. Anything specific you want to see from the Mystics or the Sun in game three on Sunday? I really want to see uh, Chikina Strickland make at least three to five threes um, just because she would get hot for a while uh, during the season and then it would kind of, like, everyone goes through good shooting um, times and then bad shooting times but just she's so fun to watch shoot um, and when she's on like ev you think everything's going in um, and that's something her teammates have talked about so I just really want to see and enjoy another great shooting performance from her 
Definitely, and also there's really nothing like a Mohegan Sun when Strickland makes a three, so a sold-out Mohegan Sun with Strickland making threes is going to be an awesome environment. Bring earplugs just in case that happens, <laughs> because I actually, really, anytime anyone makes a three, you should have earplugs if it's going to be sold out, but yeah. definitely bring earplugs for if Strick makes a three. <laughs> yeah I might have to pack some <laughs> it's gonna be loud in there but I'm like also so excited to like just be in that environment um so it should be really fun yeah I think that's a big thing is seeing if she steps up um I'd also like to see Jasmine Thomas like hopefully hit some more shots she's been struggling a little bit started this series um but she was so incredible for the sun against the sparks so definitely would like to see her get hot in the next game for the sun as for the mystics well i really want to see elena del don back on the floor so hopefully we will get that but in the event that we don't i'm interested to see who steps up um to kind of fill that role or well, i guess not really you can't replace elena del don but who from their bench can step up and really make a difference i think the last game it was tiana hawkins um first game ariel powers uh or sorry well cut that it was ariel atkins <laughs> i'm just gonna re-say that and i'll cut that part out so yeah in the first or er, last game tiana hawkins really stepped up and the first game ariel atkins was really able to step up um so it'll be interesting to see if elena can't play who steps up there if the mystics are gonna try to um take game three yeah, and I'd really like to see Natasha Cloud. Um, she only had nine points in the first game and 13 um, in the second. So I think, um, so between the two of us, we really just want the point guards to, to score more. Um, but I think it's definitely a very interesting battle between Natasha Cloud and uh, Jasmine Thomas. Definitely agree. Just overall. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure part of the reason the two of them haven't scored as much as they usually do is that they have been guarding each other. They're both excellent defensive players as well. Um, so it's definitely a good matchup. But yeah, I would like to see a little bit more from both of them as well in game three. All right, so looking forward to game three on Sunday, but we usually like to end on something a little fun, non-basketball related. So being we're both from Connecticut, I was thinking, and it actually officially feels like fall here today. It was like 90 degrees yesterday, but it is now like 55 and fall weather. you have a favorite Connecticut fall activity? Um, I was in marching band in high school and my brother's still in high school now. So like just going to either like a high school football game or a high school band competition when it's just starting to get cool, not when it's like later fall, when it's freezing outside. But when you're like in your sweatshirt and jeans and it's there's like a cooler feel in the air versus the hot humidity that we have, um, that's one of my favorite things. Yeah, that would be great. that's fun. I think my favorite would probably be like if someone throws like a bonfire like type thing in the fall. One of my favorite things to so just be able to like it's cool enough out at night that it's like a little yes. bit chilly but you're not actually freezing um I think that's one of my favorite I'm also like still such a kid at heart and like a big corn maze fan um so looking forward to hopefully making it to one of those as well but yeah I saw that uh, somewhere in Minnesota they had a 
Lynx, the corn maze was like a the Lynx logo was like the path, which I thought was super cool. I was like, I wish we could do one. With I the think sun, oh, and being picking right and now. apple cider. So uh, maybe those are two day. things that I'm doing next week. Um, yes, all the apple cider because <laughs> there's it's not really a pumpkin patch, but it's like a fall festival held by. Um, it's called Cox Farm, so they do also have a corn maze and pumpkins and like games and activities. But I plan on getting. Apple cider, apple cider donuts, and kettle corn um, when I go to buy my pumpkin. Just making the full sweep. <laughs> yes. I also am, like, still such a fan of carving pumpkins. I know that's, like, something you're supposed to enjoy when you're, like, 8, not 25, but I still love doing it. Oh, my roommate, boyfriend, and I plan on either painting or carving pumpkins. It has not been decided which side will win on that one. <laughs> yeah, glad to hear I'm not the only one that's still into that. <laughs> right, well, I think that's all for today. Thank you, everyone, for listening. As always, we ask that you rate, like, subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening. Um, and if you have any suggestions, please feel free to reach out. You can reach us at podcast at herhoopsats.com or on Twitter at herhoopsats. We welcome all of your suggestions. And if you want us to talk about something on another episode, we most likely will. So please reach out. And then as always, you can, if you like what we're doing on the podcast and our social media and our articles, please check out the site at herhoopsats.com. Um, all your NCAA stats are there. The season's not far away at all at this point just over a month until it tips off so definitely consider subscribing it's just $20 a year um, for all the NCAA stats for women's basketball thanks Natalie for joining me today you're welcome thank you for having me Mm -hmm.